0: Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the opportunity to preach the word this morning. Thank you for the folks that are here. And we praise you, Lord, for your glory and honor that comes upon us, your ability that flows through us, that we can praise you. God, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning. It's maybe more of a teaching than it's a preaching. Will the real me please stand up? Will the real me please stand up? I want to begin in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In Acts chapter 2, verse 22, the word of God reads, You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you you yourselves also know. I want to point out to you that God, the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 22, the Bible says that Jesus was a man approved of God. We have to ask ourselves a question this morning, and it's this. Who are we?
1: Come
0: on. Who are we? Who are we? We must know who we are in Christ.
1: Amen.
0: That's our security, and that's our safety. Come on. So I want to show you a pattern here of what God says and who God says we are. In John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, it says this, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, or daughters, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Salvation only comes through the Lord. Yes, sir. Salvation only comes from above. It's not something that we can work at. It's not something that we can work up. It's not something that we can try to attain by our good works. So we're saved, praise God, through Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. As God loved His Son, God loves you. As God loved His Son... God loves you. We are the children of God. Galatians says this in Galatians 4, 6. And because you are sons or daughters, God hath set forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. We've inherited something. Praise the Lord. It says this in Titus chapter 3, verse 7. That being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. It says what? It's a question mark. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and you are not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 reads this. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. So what's God saying? He's saying this. I'm a child of God because of what Christ has done. I have righteousness of Jesus Christ because of what Christ has done on the cross. I'm saved by grace. And not only that, I'm a son of God, you're a daughter of God, we're children of God, we're heirs of God, and we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. We're kinfolk. I said we're kinfolk. And don't let anybody tell you that God is dead. Because if God was dead, you being kinfolk would have been notified by email or text or some way that God was dead. And you have not been notified. You understand what I'm saying? So here's the great journey that God takes us on. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this. For we are his workmanship. We are a tool in the hand of God. Listen to this. For we, you, are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God, listen to this now, has before ordained that we should walk in them. You know what Christ is saying here? You know what the word of God is saying here? You know what Paul was telling the Ephesian church here? Before the foundations of the earth, God knew who you were. Before the foundations of the earth, God knew you were going to be born. God knows your parents. He knows your culture. He knows where you live. He knows your social security number. He knows your license. He knows everything about you. But before the foundations of the earth, praise God, before you were born or conceived, God said, I have a plan for you. It was ordained. It was preordained. God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Walk in what? In the things that God wants us to do. We have purpose in Him because we are children of God. We have purpose for living. We have purpose. We have the divine will of God is being expressed here that we are His workmanship and God wants to work through us His divine will in our lives. Life. So many people are walking around saying, Who am I? Why was I born? Why am I alive now? Why do I have the parents that I have? Why do I live where I live? And we have all of these questions. And you know what people are looking for? People are looking for approval. I want to talk to you about approval. And then I want to talk to you about approval addiction. This is very intense when you begin to look at what we're going to talk about here for a few moments. What is approval? Approval is this. Simply, a favorable opinion or acceptance of someone. Think about it for a moment. It's so simplistic, it'll go over your head if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to bring it into your spirit. What is approval? Favorable opinion or acceptance of Now, when God was being baptized in the river, the Lord God from heaven said, this is my beloved son. In Acts 2, 22, it says he was a man approved of God. Our approval comes from God. Our approval comes from the fact that we are sons and daughters of God that we are children of God that we are heirs of God that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ don't let anyone ever minimize that in your life approval comes from God when he said that is my beloved son praise God God calls us his beloved also he loves you like he loves Jesus he loves me like he loves you thank you Lord Jesus approval amen now let's talk about approval addiction here's what approval addiction is very simply now. Follow me. Concerned about what people say and think about you. Come on. Approval addiction in very simple terms, okay? Concerned about what people say and think about us. Get that in your brain for a moment and I'll let God put it into your spirit. Concerned about what people say and think about us. Approval addiction is directly related to the following. And this is just a short list. And I'll try to explain some of it. Okay? Fear of rejection. We become people pleasers. Because we don't want people to reject us. We want to be approved. Okay? Here's where approval addiction stems from. Okay? Approval addiction is a symptom. The cause, many times... Is fearful of rejection. Number two. Past abuse. We want to be loved. We want to be affirmed. We want to be told that we're special by people. Past abuse. Number three. Poor self-image. It's related to operating image. How you walk into a room. And... People walk into a room pleading for attention because they don't think that much of themselves. They don't know their worth in God. And so when they walk into a room, they're screaming, non-verbally, they're screaming, somebody pay attention, somebody give me a compliment, somebody praise me, somebody tell me that you love me. This making sense? Okay, here's another one. Soliciting attention, which is directly related to your operating image. People solicit attention for approval. We use mechanisms like pity. We hang our heads down. We do a lot of nonverbal behaviors and communications. We shut down. We become quiet so that people will come into our space and say, What's the matter? Now listen, I'm going to tell you later on that some of this, okay, is good when we praise other people. But just hold on for a moment. I'm talking about approval addiction. And I'm trying to show you some of the root causes of why people act the way they do and don't feel good about themselves. People pleasers. Why why are people in the world always wanting to please other people? Because they're fearing that that person is not going to love them. And they're fearing that if I don't do what they say or I don't do what they want me to do, then I'm not going to be loved. You see, we're missing a point that God loves us no matter who loves us or who doesn't love us. God loves us first. Christ died for you. Your affirmation, your, your, your worth, your approval, your purpose, the divine will of God for your life comes through Christ, not through people. We are born again not from the flesh of our parents. We're not born again through the flesh of man, but of God. And until you see yourself of who you are, you're going to get all messed up by people, by family, by friends, by whoever you work with. You're going to get messed up because you're always going to strive to please them and want their love. Because they make you feel guilty if you don't do what they say or do what they want you to do. You know how people can make you feel guilty. You know how people could do that. You know how people can drag you right down to the dregs of the earth just by a few words and make you feel like, wow. You see, this is all related to control. We'll get into that perhaps in a little bit. If you have been raised in an achievement-oriented or performance-based environment, you probably have what we call an achievement-oriented or performance-based personality. What does that mean? Well, when I was growing up, okay, I was praised for what I could accomplish and a lot of people who are raised in achievement oriented or performance based environments, okay, are only praised for what they do. Not for who they are. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. They're praised for what they do and not for who they are. That's a terrible quagmire to be in. Yes, sir. Because what it does is it causes you to become a workaholic. Mm-hmm. It causes you to do and do and do so you can please someone because you believe that's what they want and you believe that because you're doing that, they're going to love you in return. Is this making sense to you? Come on. Achievement-oriented or performance-based personalities are people that are working so hard to get love from other people to please them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. It's a dangerous quagmire because those folks that have that type of personality usually become workaholics. Mm -hmm. We want to please our boss. We want to please our parents. We want to please this person. We want to please that person. And so we work and work and work and work. And when we don't get the love that we think we should get in return, then we feel that rejection. We feel that loss. We feel that isolation. We feel that abandonment. And we work harder and harder and harder. And we're on the treadmill going around and around and around and around. Wondering when that person is really going to love us to the place that we are feeling loved. Come on. Hmm. How about this one? Praise for doing and not being. That's related to the achievement oriented or performance based personality. Where we are giving praise for what we do and not for who we are. We're people of God. We're children of God. We're heirs of God. Come on, but there's some situations where people will only praise you if you do for them and not for who you are or what you are becoming in Christ. Come on. How about this one? Fearful of loss of love. Approval addiction is directly related to the fearful loss of love or the fearful loss of friends. I have to do that To keep them. I have to do this to keep them. I have to do this to get a little bit of cheese from them that once in a while they'll say, hey, thank you or I love you. But I work so hard because I'm afraid they're going to leave me. I'm afraid I can't get along without them. I'm I'm afraid they're going to abandon me. I'm afraid they're going to reject me. I'm afraid I'm going to be isolated. Because I've had these experiences before through abuse, through rejection, and through all these other mechanisms, causes that that, uh, cause me to feel that I need approval from people. Make no mistake about it. Approval comes from God first. There's a place where we're supposed to praise other people, and I'll get to that in a moment. But all of this, <clears throat> approval addiction, is related to control. Mm-hmm. Because people want to control other people. And i will get to that in a little bit. Here's what God says about you. This is what he's saying about you. Jeremiah 29 and 11. I'm going to read two different verses. Two oh, different yes. versions. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. This is personal now. Okay? Say it to the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Now in the HCSB version it says this. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your welfare not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. The message version says this. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, yes. When you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, what's God saying? We go to people for approval. We're hoping that someone is going to love us so much. Especially if you've been abused in your past, okay? And that's where a lot of folks get themselves in trouble. A lot of young women get themselves in trouble. Because they have not received the love perhaps from a male role model or a male figure or a dad. And so what happens, they're looking for someone to hold them. They're looking for someone to love them. They're looking for someone that they can cling to. They're looking for some kind of father figure or identification that they can feel like they are somebody. Come
1: on.
0: That is the wrong motive to find someone to love. Yes, sir. That's the wrong motive. The motive first must be that God the Father is my God. He's my Father. He's my Abba. He's my Daddy. He is my role model. And God will line up, praise God, because he says, I know the plans I have for you. I know your future, not for disaster, but for good things, for peace, for success. And what happens is, because of these mechanisms of approval addiction and the things that cause us to want approval for others, we jump into relationships especially that are not good for us and that are not going to prosper down the road. Come on. It's a biblical principle. We all want to be loved. Man has two basic needs, to love and to be loved. But if you don't feel loved by God first, man is not going to be the substitute to love you. You have to feel loved by God. You have to have this identification. You have to know who you are and you have to know who God says you are. And until you see yourself as a son or daughter of God and an heir of God and a joint heir of Christ, you're going to stumble in life and you're going to look for love in all the wrong places. And you're going to get set up and you're going to be sabotaged. And you're going to feel more hurt in the end than you did in the beginning. Here's God's desire for you. He has your future. He has your back. If you believe that you're a child of God. It says this in Psalm 25 and 12. And this is a very important verse. What man is he that feareth the Lord? It's a question. Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. Now look at this verse 13. His soul shall dwell at ease. And his seed shall inherit the earth. Now when you look at this verse here. You say to yourself well pastor what does that mean? I want to tell you what it means. To be at ease and not strive for people's approval. It means to be at peace within.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let me say that again to you. We're so striving to be wanting to be accepted by people. We go out of our way to want acceptance from these other people who we think are so important that we need their approval. God says, I want you to be at ease. And it means you're a well-being. Right? I don't want you to strive for other people's love. That you think you have to work for, that you have to become schizophrenic, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that you have to become abnormal to try to gain work from them, to try to build up your self esteem or your image from them. You don't need that. You need Him, you need Jesus. And God is saying, I want you to be at ease about this. We try so hard to be loved, Mm -hmm. we work so hard to be loved. And a lot of times when you finally accept that you are a child of God, love drops in your backyard like an apple that falls off a tree unexpectedly. When you're not looking for it. When you're out there trying to pound the surface and pound the path and, and, and pound the streets and looking for love, and maybe he's the one, maybe she's the one, maybe this is the love, maybe it's this. No! Be at ease. What does it say? His soul shall dwell. Live at ease, and a seed shall inherit the earth. To be at ease and not strive for other people's approval. To be at peace within. To be at peace within. And not strive to be loved. Listen, if you have to strive to be loved... Then you have to really reevaluate the relationship. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you've got to strive to be loved, if you've got to beg for love, if you've got to work for love, you're becoming a slave to that person, and that person is in total control of you. That's not love, that's control. That's abuse to me emotionally. Listen, follow this pattern. Don't compare yourself to other people. Here's where a lot of people get them in trouble themselves in trouble concerning approval. First Corinthians 4 3. But with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not my own self. For I know nothing by myself, yet I am not hereby justified, but he that judges judgeth, judgeth me is the Lord. Now, reading that verse, it sounds confusing. So let me read some interpretations of this verse. 1 Corinthians 4 3 in the HCSB version says this. It's of little importance that I should be, listen to the word now, evaluated by you or by a human court. In fact, I don't even evaluate myself. I want you to look at this. This is what some people need to get strength and courage to say to other people. Because we're compared to others. Oh, you're not like your sister, you're not like your brother. I don't look like Barbie doll. Maybe if I become like her, I'll get approval. Maybe if I get her hairdo, maybe some boy will love me. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe if I use this aftershave lotion, I'll be attracted to women. Come on now. What does it say? Paul's saying this. It says it's of little importance that I should be evaluated by you or by a human court. In other words, you don't make me. I'm not living up to your standards or evaluations. I'm living up to God's standards and evaluations. Look what it says in the message version. It says this, it matters very little to me what you think of me. Mm. Even less when I, where I rank in popular opinion. I don't even rank myself. Comparisons in these matters are pointless. I'm not aware of anything that would disqualify me from being a good guide for you, but that doesn't mean much. The master makes the judgment.
1: Amen.
0: What's God saying? We seek the approval of other people so badly that we're willing to go by their rules, by their list, by number one through ten, and when we think we do that list, we think we're getting their love and their approval. That's control. That's, right. That's abuse. Come on. That's not love. That somebody got you by a puppet string. That's someone that's saying, hey, listen, I'm evaluating you. And you know what? If you don't do this, I disqualify you for love. You're not going to get my love today. God loves you every day. God, God loves you me. when you fall off the railroad yes. track. God loves you when you end up in a yes. ditch. God loves you. Praise yes. God. Love, even when you're backslide, he says, I'm married to you. I'm coming after you. Amen.
1: Come on. Come on. Mm.
0: We're such... Have weaknesses and frailties Come on. that we think if we don't get approval from people, we're not going to be able to breathe today. We're not going to be able to live. Paul's saying, hey, you can compare me to Cephas, You can compare me to Apollos. But guess what? Praise God. You're not the one that evaluates me. You're not the, I'm not comparing myself to nobody. I don't need to preach like him. I don't need to teach like him. I don't need to look like her. I don't need to wear his clothes or her clothes. Praise God. This is what I am in Christ. Paul had courage to tell the church.
1: Yes,
0: People want to change us. If you wear these clothes, I'll love you more. If you wear that, I really will love you more today. How about loving me for who I am? Yes. <laughs> How about loving me for who I am? Mom. You know, I was in a concert years ago, and I, I can't remember the group, but we were at the church in Syracuse. And uh, the lady there, Selah, Yep. And uh, she was telling this testimony Of how she had uh, had Been a heavy young lady A woman And uh, she was involved with this man And uh, this man Had a big issue About her weight And she thought that this man loved her And so on and so forth And she obviously had feelings for him And because Of her weight He couldn't get beyond that Because When he evaluated her, he disqualified her because of the way she looked and not because of who she was. Follow me here. She's a beautiful woman. She's a beautiful singer. She's a beautiful singer. Well, someone came along, she said, in a testimony, and obviously I'm not saying it exactly as she said, who accepted her for who she was and not what she looked like. And that was love. (laughs) Think about that for a minute. I'm not going to disqualify you because you got a big ear. I'm not going to disqualify you because your nose is a little crooked. I'm not going to evaluate you because you are 10 pounds overweight. Love me for who I am. That's how God loves me. He loves me for who I am. Not because I'm a size 8 or a size 14, it don't matter, praise God God loves me, God saved me, yeah. God sanctified me God separated me, I'm a child of God it doesn't change, I'll get a new body when I get to heaven Praise. maybe you'll like that body better
1: <laughs>
0: maybe you'll love me then when I get my new body I'll get here maybe in heaven, I don't know, that's not even a guarantee I'll get hair in heaven. Maybe I will. You probably wouldn't even recognize me with hair. I'll
1: walk on the streets of gold and you say, Who's that guy? Oh, that's the pastor. Oh, my. That's
0: what he really looks like. But man, I want to be loved and I have no hair. Praise God. Whether I have hair or no hair, I want to be loved. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: You're going to be crazy. Second Corinthians ten, twelve, talking about comparison. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Come on. This is the problem of parenting. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not as smart as your sister. You're not as smart as your brother. Okay. Okay. I don't have the gene to be smart like them. But I sure have some talents that I know God gave me from the foundations of the earth. He gave me purpose. He's given me some gifts. I just have to find those gifts. That's the problem with parenting. We compare children. That's the problem with relationships. We we compare husbands. Well, look at that guy over there. (laughs) Look what he does. Okay. You didn't marry him, though. (laughs) Hello. Hello. I said, you didn't marry him, so don't even be wishing about on the other side of the fence. Oh, look look what he does for his wife. Well, praise the Lord. God bless him. Amen. Go marry him. Maybe he'll do that for you. Love me for who I am and what I can become through Christ. We're always evaluating and we're always disqualifying people based on our list of evaluation because we have a tendency to compare. Hmm. Don't boast. Listen. But he that glorieth, 2 Corinthians 10, 17, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. Follow me now. 2 Corinthians 10.17 in the ESV version says this. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself, which is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. 2 Corinthians 10.17 If you want to claim credit, claim it for God. What you say about yourself means nothing in God's work. It's what God says about you that makes the difference. You know, sometimes we solicit approval. I said, sometimes we really solicit approval, like someone on the street that's trying to flag down somebody and say, "Will you love me today?" It's like we're standing on the street corner, and we begin to inflate the ego. Did I do a good job? How was it? Do I look good? Do I do I I look like the Mona Lisa? Tell me. Even if you have to lie to me. Just tell me I look like the Mona Lisa. Come on. You hear what I'm saying? God says don't boast. People boast about their intelligence. They boast about their education. They boast about their money. They boast about their Come boat. On. They boast about that fish story that they catch a little fish and it's Moby
1: Dick.
0: Come <laughs> on. Woo, you should see the fish that I
1: caught.
0: Woo. You should, man, I, man, we were on that boat. Whoa, whoa! That, that thing almost took me over. Yeah. I saw a picture of it on Facebook. <laughs> it wasn't that big, buddy. It just wasn't that big. We, we inflate our egos. We go around, look, we are looking for approval. Look how smart I am. Let me explain this to you. Let me, let me tell you the intricacies of, of, of a space station. What are you you, you talking to me about? First of all, I don't know nothing about space stations, and I don't really care about space stations. So are you trying to be cute by telling me how much knowledge you have so that I approve you and I say to you, oh, you're such a smart guy. I don't care. You you know what I'm saying? I hear what I'm saying. We go around soliciting approval. We want to be loved so much because we don't know who we are in Christ. We don't know that we are children of God where we're right. trying to get this
1: person yeah. to love us right. And listen, they're probably not
0: going to love you anyway right. Right. You know someone's going to love you for who you are Not because of your performance right. Not because of the good work that you do right. Not because you're doing what they want you to do And you're making them happy at the moment Because tomorrow you're going to make them unhappy Because they never accept you for who you are But for what you could do That's, right. That's a sick relationship that's a relationship that I get away from and say, hey man, that's sick. What do I want to be in that for? Because you only approve me when I'm doing something good. But then some people boast about what they do. So listen to this. People pleasers. Follow me here. I got a few more moments with you. People pleasers allow others to influence them rather than God. Now I want you to follow this. Jesus said unto him, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now if you haven't heard anything that I've said from the beginning of this sermon, if the only thing you hear is the following statement, let it be. Because I believe this to be perhaps maybe the most important statement in the sermon. When we don't love ourselves. Jesus says love yourself. When we don't love ourselves. Follow me now. We seek from others what they think we need. This is control. Follow me again. When we don't love ourselves. We seek from other people what they think we need. That is control. That's not love. Are you following
1: me?
0: This is complex, but it's actually simple when you consider what God is trying to say to us. There's so much of that going on in society. If you do this, then I'm going to accept you. If you do what I tell you, what kind of relationship is that? Listen, when we don't love ourselves, we seek from others what they think we need. This is control! Exclamation point. Let me give you an example here. First Corinthians 6.12. You have to break away from being a people pleaser. Because it's related to approval addiction. All things are lawful unto me, Paul said, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So what does that mean? Here's what it means in the YLT version. All things are lawful to me, but all things are not profitable. All things are lawful to me, but... I will not be under authority by any. In other words, I'm not under your thumb because you want to tell me how to live, you want to tell me what to do, you want to tell me how to do it because you think it's best. Come on. That's control. Yes, sir. That borders on abuse. Mm -hmm. And that proves, that pushes someone into approval addiction because now they're fearful that if I don't do what this person says... I'm going to lose their love, their friendship, their security, and this relationship that's probably sick from the beginning and its foundation.
1: Hello.
0: Are you following me? Don't get quiet on me, please.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: This is reality.
1: Yes, sir.
0: Not everybody's going to love you for who you are. Some people are just going to love you for what they can do for you, what you can do for them. That's not love. Just not. It's sick. I'm so glad that God loves me. I'm so glad that Jesus found me. I'm so glad that Christ accepts me. I'm so glad that he accepts me for what I'm becoming in him. I'm under his workmanship. I'm still a tool in the tool shed. I'm still getting sharpened on, yeah, I'm still the, uh, the clay on the potter's wheel, thank God. But thank God he doesn't give up on me. Thank God that that, that, that you know that there's people in my life that God has had to separate me from All right. that was sick. Thinking I have to live up to their expectation that I can't say what I want. Because if I say what I want, they're going to get away from me. They're going to divorce me. They're going to reject me. They're not going to love me. When I become a people pleaser, I'm looking for approval addiction. Come on. Because I have a something in my life that's buried in my past that's causing me not to stand up for who I am in Christ and say, guess what? I am a person. I am loved by God. Amen. I have value. I have purpose. There is a divine will for me. I am the workmanship of God. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. Come on. Bye.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: People pleasing. Now let me switch stations. This is part of the complexity of the sermon, but part of the simplicity of the sermon. People pleasing is good, listen to me now, but not for personal approval. Follow what I'm going to tell you. Romans 15.1 says this. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. When we're trying to please other people looking for approval, that's not what God is saying to us. Here's what God is saying. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. I'm going to show you that it's okay to praise other people and it's okay for other people to praise you in return it's not sick it's biblical but when we're trying to please people because we want their approval and we want their love there's something wrong with that kind of relationship yes, sir. I want to please my wife I want you I want to please you as a church member I want to please my friends I want to bless them I'm not trying to look for anything in return other than I want to obey God's word. Follow me in Romans 15 and 1 in the HCSB version. I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 different versions of this verse on purpose. It says this. Now we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not to please ourselves. Each one of us must please his neighbor for his good in order to build him up. Follow in the message version, it says this. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. And not just to do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Amen. Don't boast about you're helping somebody.
1: Amen.
0: Don't look for accolades. Don't look for the praise of men. Don't look for a pat on the back. This is what God is saying. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us asking ourselves, how can I help? Question. Amen. Romans 15.1 in the RSV version says this we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to edify him. Amen. That's Christian, that's yeah. biblical, and that's normal. <clears throat> I'm not trying to edify you to get accolades. Come on. I'm not trying to bless you or please you so you tell me I'm a good guy. I'm not trying to solicit approval. I'm just trying to do what God says that it's okay to please other people and do good for them and not please ourselves to think that we deserve some kind of a reward. It says in the way version, W-E-Y, in Romans 15.1, as For us who are strong, our duty is to bear the weaknesses of those who are not strong and not to seek our pleasure. Let each of us endeavor to please his fellow Christian, listen to this now, aiming at at a blessing calculated to build him up. Not break him down, but to build him up. Not to please ourselves or to pat ourselves on the back and say, look what a good job I did in making that person. No. No. Anything that we do comes from God.
1: Amen.
0: Anything that we do, he must get the glory and the honor. This, this is what people don't understand. In the YLT version of that same verse, it says this, And we ought, we who are strong, to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. For let each one of us please his neighbor for good and unto edification. Now let me try to make you understand this. There's a proverb that's a very important proverb in the word. And I only have a few minutes left with you. It says Proverbs 27 and 2. And it says this. Let another praise thee and not thine own mouth. A stranger and not thine own lips. Oh, amen. I want you to look at that for a moment. People pleasing. Approval addiction. Is going to do exactly the opposite of that. Hearing what I'm saying. Let another man praise thee. Don't beat your chest and say, tell people how great you are. That's what God is saying. Don't try to solicit the approval of others because you need so much love that you you need to go find out what's missing from your life. And probably what's missing from your life is you don't know who you are in Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips. So God's saying it's biblical that we praise one another. It's biblical that we edify one another. It's biblical that we help build up each other. You understand that concept? It's, it's a biblical principle. So let's look at the word of God for a few moments. Approve others by edifying them and blessing one another. It's a biblical principle. Not to please ourselves, not to bring attention to ourselves, not to say how great we are, but how great He is. Because He gives us the ability and the means to bless other people and encourage them and edify them. So Romans fourteen nineteen says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. Now I want you to look at the word edify for a moment. It means to encourage. It means to bless. But in the Greek it means this. It means to build a house. It means to erect a building. It means to build up from the foundation. It means to restore by building. It means, of course, to rebuild. It means to repair, to establish. It means to promote growth in Christian wisdom, affection, grace, virtue, holiness, and blessedness. It means to grow, help someone grow in wisdom, virtue, goodness, faithfulness, godliness, and holiness. What is God saying? God is saying that in our relationships with one another, if we really love other people as we love ourselves, just like we would want someone to help build us up from the foundation, don't use second-class wood. Amen. Don't use used tiles. Don't give me uh, uh, retreads for tires. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Give me cement that's not going to crack. Give me a roof that's not going to leak. Start by helping me from the foundation. Build me up. Build my house. Erect the building. Help me to learn the Christian way. Not what you want me to do. Not your rules and your regulations. Because if I don't do those, then you're going to withhold your love and approval from me. No. Tell me what God wants me to do. Teach me the ways of God. The older women of the church should be teaching the younger women of the church. Why? The word of God. How to manage their home. How to raise their children. How the men, the older men of the church should be teaching the younger men of the church. How to conduct yourself. How to carry yourself. How to treat women. I don't want to give you my list that if you don't do it, you're going to feel like I don't love you. I want to give you what God says I'm supposed to give you to build your house. Amen. Because when we build a house with second class materials and we think we're doing something great, in a few years, you are going to have to be redoing that house. Listen, you can go buy cheap paint and use three coats. Or you can go buy one gallon of good paint and use one coat. Come on now. You can go down to the store and buy a cheap pancake mix and add a little water to it and you have a waterlogged pancake. <laughs> or you can go in your cupboard and get some flour and praise God and a little bit of sugar and, and, and make some of those homemade pancakes that are not, a, that a, that not a flat jacks, but flapjacks, man. I, I want a pancake that's got some density to it. Yeah. Come on, man. I want, I, want a I, I, I want a pancake that I can see. Yeah. I am not looking for one of those things that you fly in the air with the kids play with. I don't want a pancake for a flint a Frisbee. I want me a pancake, man. I want a biscuit. You know I want, you know a good biscuit? I want a good biscuit. I want a nice homemade biscuit. An old fashioned biscuit. Praise God. Alright? You know what I'm talking about? I want a hamburger, but don't send me down to McDonald's because I'll be on the toilet for three weeks. Come on now. It'll kill me. It takes away my insides. Give me a hamburger. At least 90% beef. Praise God. Because when you buy 80%, a lot of it just goes down in grease and you're wasting your money. You might as well spend another 50 cents and get the 90%, praise God, and you're not going to lose half the hamburger. And you know when you use those 80% or those 70%, you'll have a hamburger that's this big and when you're finished with it, it looks like a hockey puck. <laughs> and it tastes like a hockey puck. Give me a hamburger, man. Come on, give me a hamburger Give me something real So if you're going to help build my house Don't go buy a pancake mixer at Wegmans Give me a real pancake Come on You hear what I'm saying It's got to start from the foundation Build me up Help me Encourage me It's okay when we praise other people Not for our attention But because we want to help them and bless them Because God says to do that. You'll get a reward, praise God, when you step into the glory palace, when you step into the streets of gold. God will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You'll get a bunch of rewards. God will put a crown on your head, praise God. He'll put a robe on your shoulder. He'll put shoes on your feet and a ring on your finger. Don't worry about rewards. God will bless you.
1: Amen.
0: 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. It's okay to please other people. Mm
1: -hmm. It's
0: okay to help people. What did God say to Abraham? The book of Genesis. Genesis 12.1 Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Abraham loved to bless people. In the process, God made him rich. He wasn't looking to be rich. But because he gave, God gave him back. Because he blessed, God built him up. God built up his house. God gave him a son in old age. Wasn't Sarah shocked? (laughs) Abram, you're getting frisky. (laughs) (laughs) Abram, what's with it? God spoke to me, Sarah. (laughs) Me and you go on a date tonight. What?
1: We're going to have a son. (laughs) Abram, do you know how old I am?
0: I know, very old, but still beautiful, Sarah. Beautiful woman. And Abraham, I know, Sarah. But God, I don't know. It's just different now. We're going to have a son. I know you laughed when God said that and you went to the back of the tent. But you know what? I was so excited that God said that. I said, whoa! Second honeymoon. There
1: you go.
0: Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Hello. <laughs> Got your attention, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Let me close. Proverbs fifteen twenty three, A man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season how good it is. It's okay to tell someone, great job. I really appreciate what you did for me. It's okay to bless someone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's okay to put a little green in somebody's hand once in a while. Mm-hmm. Hear what I'm saying? It's, it's Showing your appreciation. Mm-hmm. It's okay to give one of them handshakes sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You're praising someone else. I can please yourself, but you're saying to another human being, thank you. Thank you for caring. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. I want to bless you. This is what God is saying. A, a man takes joy in giving an answer and a timely word. How good is that? HCSB version. It's okay to be nice to people. It's okay to be kind. Not looking for anything in return. Ephesians chapter 15, 23 in the message version, it says this, congenial conversation. Have you watched the news lately? Let's get them conservative people. Let's get them religious people. If you see them in a restaurant, harass them. Get a mob, get a group, throw them out of the restaurant. I like to see you do that to me. Go after them people who go to church on Sunday and Wednesday. They're out of their mind. Something wrong with them people. A congenial conversation. There is no civility in the world today. Listen, you can disagree with me. We can agree to disagree. I like vanilla ice cream with rainbow sprinkles. I eat chocolate once in a while, but it just doesn't give me the kick that I like when I eat vanilla. Mm -hmm. I'll be quite frank with you. Sometimes I even switch to chocolate sprinkles, once in a blue moon. But you know, as I'm eating the chocolate sprinkles, I say to myself, why didn't I get the rainbow sprinkles? Who am I fooling? I'm just fooling myself. I'm thinking I'm gonna like these chocolate sprinkles. I don't really like chocolate sprinkles. If I have to have them because that's what's left I might do it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But you don't have to eat vanilla ice cream I eat a hamburger I I put ketchup on it I have to say sometimes I look in amazement when people put ketchup and mustard But that's okay I'll still eat at the same table with you you (laughs) That's okay Some people like Italian dressing Some like French It doesn't matter It's okay But when we start forking each other and we start knifing each other because you're not eating the ice cream that I want you to eat or then we have a problem. That's
1: right.
0: And when you start forking me emotionally because I want to go to church because I love God because I have guns because I love my country because I voted for my president
1: Amen.
0: Come on folks It's a democracy still. It's a republic. That's why we, we honor the 4th of July because we got away from the king of England so we can have freedom to worship and freedom to speak. Praise God. Thank you.
1: Amen.
0: Don't hold me hostage thinking that I better watch what restaurant I'm going to. I'm not going to do that. Congenial conversation. What a pleasure. The right word at the right time. Beautiful message version. It says this in Ephesians 4.29 as I close. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And Hebrews 10.24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So let me try to summarize this. Approval versus approval addiction. What are we talking about here? So many people are in a quagmire today. So many people are messed up in relationship. What is approval? What is approval addiction? Approval is the favorable opinion or acceptance of. I'm approved by God. If no one else wants to approve me, that's okay. Does it hurt? Absolutely. But I'm not going to strive for people's love. I'm not going to strive for people's acceptance, okay? Approval addiction is when you're concerned about what people say and think about you. That's an issue. Because approval addiction has a root. And I shared with you some of those roots. It's causes that have to be dealt with. Causes that need to be given to God and say, God... Why do I seek the approval of others? Why am I under the thumb of a relationship? Why am I involved in an abusive relationship? You have to ask God. You have to know who you are. But it's okay if someone comes into your space and blesses you, edifies you. It's okay when someone says a kind word to you. It's okay. And it's equally okay when we do that in return to other people. That is harmonious relationships. We're not doing it to get pleasing ourselves, but we're doing it because God says to bless your brother and sister, to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you don't love yourself in Christ, then you're going to be at the beckoning call of what other people think you need. And unless you adopt what they need, you're going to feel rejected because you're not meeting their expectation. Come on. Don't be evaluated by people, be evaluated by God. Don't disqualify yourself because you love God because you're not meeting someone's expectation. That's not love. That's forcing a relationship. That's forcing love, and it's not love. So what I'm trying to say here this morning is, will the real me please stand up? We wear so many masks. We have so many different faces that we wear. Because we're so afraid to be who we are in Christ. That we think if we don't act a certain way around certain people, we're not going to be accepted. Can you imagine if we all became transparent? Can you imagine if we all just loved God and allowed God to love us and speak the truth in love and respect? Can you imagine the relationships that people could have if we really got honest with ourselves and with other people? instead of playing a game, instead of wearing the facial mask. And you know what? Some people are going to take that mask to the grave and they're going to die with that mask on. They're going to die with that. And to me, that's a tragedy because we never get to know who the real person is. What was that game show years ago? Was it What's My Line? There was three contestants. Will the real Mr. So-and-so stand up? And the three contestants, if they were giving questions, one of them would move a little bit, the other would move a little bit. You think it's number one, then you thought it was number two, but then the real Mr. or Mrs. and number three stood up and said, nah, I never would believe it was that one. Can you imagine if we were on What's My Line and we we're on that game show, and someone said, will the real you please stand up? What would you do? I don't know. Because the person next to me, if I stand up, I I might get censored. I I might get shouted down. Because I know that I don't meet their approval. I know I'm already disqualified. But will the real you please stand up? And when the real you please stands up, the real you is the person that you know is loved by God. Jesus said, this is my beloved son. And God uses the same word in the Bible for us. We are called his beloved. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening.